You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your Houston Texans. And as always, you can find Locked On Texans on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my boy. He is back. John, some sports guy Hickman. I've had a wonderful holiday season. I bet you have. I bet you have. Had the opportunity... (laughs) Blessed to travel to Denver, Colorado for Christmas with my family. And then for New Year's, had the opportunity to go out to Austin. Mm, was Blue Chew involved? Blue Chew was not involved whatsoever. Mm. Blue Chew was, was not involved. I did have a great New Year. Brought the New Year in safe. And I hope our listeners did. So happy to be back. Guys, don't forget to check out You Can Argue That Sports com again that is you can argue that sports.com today we're going to talk about is a former player going to be a thorn in the side for the Houston Texans and what possibility and impact can quarterback Josh Allen bring to the game for the Buffalo Bills in attacking injury riddled defense for the Houston Texans we know Tasha Gibson if you guys follow us on the, if you have Google Assistant, make sure you have us for the news. We give you all the news update for the Houston Texans. Tashawn Gipsy has been put on IR, and we know that Bradley Roby, along with Jonathan Joseph, are battling hamstring injuries. Good news is we got JJ Watt back. We talked about that. Will Fuller is also back and activated for the game on Saturday, which is huge for both sides of the ball for the Houston Texans. Now, this player that I'm talking about. One of the most disappointing draft picks in Houston's, uh, the franchise history, in cornerback Kevin Johnson. If you guys don't remember Kevin Johnson, he had the opportunity to spend time in Houston his first four years in the league. Um, and then after last offseason, you know, he kept battling injuries, battling injuries, didn't do much in his time in Houston. 164 combined tackles, one interception. Um, one sacks, and he, he was always just fighting against injury. Last year was, you know, we had enough of it. Let him go. Ended up signing in Buffalo. Has 36 combined tackles uh, this year, 11 assisted on, and a sack for the Buffalo Bills. But we know that his time in Houston wasn't as bright, and maybe he wanted to return. Didn't get that opportunity for his own reasons. Now playing, everything is coming forth. Everything is forthcoming. Coming back to a center field, play of the team that drafted you in your very first playoff game uh, while you're healthy for the Buffalo Bills. Will he be a thorn in the side of the Houston Texans? I'm going to say no on this one. Look, Kevin Johnson, um, as you alluded to before, this is a guy who came into the franchise with a lot of promise, but unfortunately he did not live up to that. And, you know, this is also a guy who was battling injuries his last two seasons in Houston, but um, this year he has been healthy. The best part about it, even though he had, he, even though he was not a starter, um, he has not allowed a touchdown 
throughout this whole entire season, yes, he did end up playing all 16 games, but I don't fear Kevin Johnson as much as I fear the whole defense as a whole. But I will say Johnson is just another reason why that Buffalo Bill defense is by far one of the best in the league. He backs up Trent Davis White. He's a third cornerback on that depth chart for Buffalo. Actually, the fourth cornerback on that depth chart for Buffalo. But he did have some things to say, you know, in regards to doing everything he can to prepare his teammates for the offensive players that he knows for Saturday. He went on to say that just, you know, tell those guys much as I know about those guys on the other side and all. Uh, just helping his teammates, the game styles, and how they play and operate. Bill O'Brien went on to talk about Kevin Johnson and his role for the Buffalo Bills. O'Brien gave him praise by saying Kevin's playing really well. Uh, playing really well. He's healthy. He does a really good job of transitioning. He's a good ball-hawking cornerback. He's playing on special teams. He's doing a lot of the things for Buffalo and just doing a good job. And I, I don't know if that was a – Maybe a slight to him, I don't know, a little bit. Maybe there's a possibility because he just was not available to do all of those things here in Houston. But there are some things that Kevin Johnson can bring to the Buffalo Bills defense, even with the offense. You can let your offensive players know that, you know, he spent time with Jonathan Joseph. He spent time with DJ Reader. He spent time with even with J.J. Why he's coming back. So he'll be able to give some of those tendencies. But I, you know what? Let me but let me not give him too much credit. I don't think he will be that much of a difference maker going into Saturday's game. I just thought this would be an interesting topic because of the familiarity there with Kevin Johnson and the Bulls on parade here in Houston. So uh, his role with Buffalo has been well. It's, it's, it's good to see a, a, a player like him who's fought adversity with injuries, stay healthy. You love to see it. However, I don't think he would be a factor for this defense that's already a factor within themselves. Like They can go out and win their, their games without extra assistance from a player that used to play for this franchise. Given the season that he has had, would you say the Texans made a mistake by letting him walk in free agency? Or do you stand by that decision just based off what he has been able to do this year. No, they let him walk. It was rightfully so. Four years here in Houston, could not stay healthy. Uh, during his time in Houston, really didn't make an impact. It would have made Kevin Johnson's uh, time here in Houston so bad. Only had one interception his entire time in Houston. They picked him before Marcus Peters. You had buyer's remorse, drafted remorse, and it was time to split ways everybody's happy for him that he's found a home and he's finally able to be in a role where he can thrive. Nobody is not happy for him, but they made the right decision. You didn't give the, the franchise any reason to believe that they should bring you back. And then your contract year, well, you just so happen to get hurt. So they made the right decision. I'm happy for him in Buffalo. I am. This hasn't really been talked about a lot when it comes to the Texans and the Bills playoff game on Saturday, but both teams has a quarterback situation where it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see which young quarterback will be able to step up in a playoff matchup. And I say that because you know this is only Deshaun Watson third year. He has only played in one playoff game and you saw how bad that game was then you have Josh Allen on the other side and this is his first playoff game I really do think experience 
well, in this case, the inexperience may play a factor in which one of these teams go home on Saturday. Most definitely. And I look at the skill set of Josh Allen has a unique skill set in a, in a sense. And Bill O'Brien praised him as well, saying, you know, the Bills QB Allen, he is a dangerous player. And the fact of it is he can very much so be a dangerous player especially when he's going against a defense that's lackluster. The Texas defense currently ranks 28th in the league at the time of the ending of the regular season. We know everybody's slate is clean now, but he can be dangerous because he can beat you with his legs. And if his legs start to really take over and control a game, then the passing game really just falls into his lap. Then John Brown can have a day. Then Cole Beasley can have a day. And then their tight end Knox, he can do some things in that passing game to help continue to move the chains, even though they're not that good of a third down team, one of the worst in the league. They have opportunities there when Josh Allen becomes that dangerous player. His impact for Sunday's game, I think it'll be a very impactful game. We don't know the health of Jonathan Joseph and Bradley Roby and if they're a for sure go at this time. We know our starting safety, Tashaun Gibson, who led the team in interceptions, he's out. We know that we're just now getting J.J. Back, JJ Watt back after missing 10 weeks, roughly so. So he, the way he can control and take over a game with his legs and expand on that will be deadly. And what's funny, remember I mentioned this earlier in the week, you know, outside of having, you know, a top tier receiver like DeAndre Hopkins, remember I said the the Buffalo Bills and the Houston Texans, they mirror each other on that offensive side, especially when it comes to the quarterback. Because like Deshaun Watson, as you mentioned, Josh Allen can really light you up with his arm and with his legs. And he has made some major improvements in his second season. You take a look at his numbers this year. He threw for 3,089 yards. His touchdown to interception ratio was 20 to 9. And this, this is a guy, If he, as you mentioned, if he can get it going, it's going to be a long day for the Houston Texans. And that brings me back to my point. Will J.J. Watt be healthy enough to to – help that front seven because we've seen it time and time again with JJ Watt that front seven is completely different than they are without him if JJ Watt in that front seven can get up in Josh Allen's grill and make it a tough day then possibly the Houston Texans can finally move on to the next round and that's a great point they have to get up in this grill because he's not that good of a thrower passer at all like we know his strength is using his leg in order to create plays and using his legs to get up in those lanes to, you know, sometimes he plays like a boxer in a, in a 12th round who's just throwing punches so he can have a fighter's chance. That's how he plays the game sometimes. And it works sometimes where he can end up getting a knockout on you. And then some days you're just like, Oh wow, this guy's pretty bad. He's not going to beat you with his arms. If he's not able to use his other talents. And the only quarterback we faced this year, you know, we played the, the Carolina Panthers, but Cameron Newton was hurt. The only other quarterback we've played this year with that dual threat was Lamar Jackson, who pretty much for the most part of the entire season destroyed everybody 
with his dual threat. And we struggled with Lamar Jackson in that game. In that game, we played him in that 41-7 blowout victory for the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson had 10 carries for 79 yards. And then he also added 222 yards in four touchdowns. Now, the Bills' offense is nowhere near as lethal and deadly as the Ravens. I get that. But that dual quarterback aspect is something that we've seen a formula we've seen the Texans have issues with this year. And it's funny that you mentioned the Baltimore Ravens because when you take a look at Josh Allen's number, the way Baltimore defended him is the same way the Houston Texans need to defend Josh Allen on Saturday. And I only say that because he arguably had his worst game in the Bills' 24-17 loss to the Ravens. And that was a game where he only ran for nine yards. That was his lowest rushing yards of the season. In that game, he only completed 43% of his passes and hit the ground six times with sacks. I think the Texas' number one priority when you look at the makeup of the Bills' offense and it being centered around Josh Allen. Look, the guy led the team in rushing touchdowns with nine for that team. They only had 13 rushing touchdowns. He has nine of them. And like I said, if you watch him play football, it's like he's just, I got to go do it. I got to I gotta keep throwing punches. He's taking licks. He's trying to jump over people. He's giving hits. He just, he, he thrives under, under that. And I get it. But he has to use his other talents in order to open up the rest of that offense. So if you stop the main guy with nine touchdowns, then the you're right. The opportunity of you winning that game and advancing to your first divisional round since you beat the Raiders in 2015, it increases a lot. Once you shut down Josh Allen, then I think the Texans have a very solid chance of winning this game. Right now, the ESPN power ranking for the playoffs has the Bills winning this game. If you want to go bet on that, the only place you should bet is with my bookie. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you can choose any game and call it? Well, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all of your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. And we know you just went hard on Christmas, spent a lot of money you didn't have. And then New Year's was the next week. You need to make some of that money back between football season NBA and the start of college basketball, it's time to get off the sideline and get into the action with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy or girl who likes to bet a little bit, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of big favorites this week, for instance, if you like a couple of big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a bigger payout. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to a thousand dollars. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just enter promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Again, that's promo code Locked On to take advantage of my bookie generous sign-up offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. You know, guys, before we get out of here, let's really appreciate the fact that the 2010s was a great decade for the Houston Texans. We know the 90s, the Oilers were taken away. The 2000s, it was rough. They had David Carr as your quarterback. <laughs> then it was Sage Rosenfeld. You know, it was a rough time. The 2010s got a lot better, so much so that they had six playoff appearances in 10 years. The division was not being just held hostage 
by Peyton Manning anymore. They were very, very competitive, fought through a lot of adversity. And I tell you what, during that time, there were ups, there were bads. And when I say ups, there were, oh, look, we just drafted up for Deshaun Watson. When it was bad, it was because, hey, we just had Brock Osweiler last year. Who are the top three players of the decade? You know what? Let's make it a little bit interesting. Top five players of the decade for the Houston Texans. You go first. Because I kind of feel we all going to have the same players. Okay. Well, I'll say this. I, I really want to know how far I can go with this. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I mean, it's a decade. So from January 1st, 2010 to December 31st, 2019. Okay. I'm trying to see. Okay. This is all right. This counts. At number five, this may throw a lot of people off, but because of this man, we were able to have one of, if not the best zone running uh, teams in the league at the time. Now, he only played technically two years in the decade. But Vontae Leach meant a lot to this team when he was on that field. Really, you know, was a part of that first big playoff appearance. Him and Arian Foster in that backfield. And he has spent time, of course, before the actual 2010s, but Vontae Leach meant a lot to establishing what we know now. Houston has not really gotten away from being a run team for so long. That zone run was killing people. Arian Foster in that first cut was just amazing. I want to put Vontae Leach at number five. At number four, we talk a lot of crap about this man because he's uh, currently 88 years old. <laughs> but Jonathan Joseph, he, he he's meant a lot to this team. A lot since arriving to Houston from Cincinnati. I mean, we've known everything he's been able to do in his time. You know, been in Houston since 2011. Leads the franchise in interceptions. First year, four picks, two the next three, two, one. Missed some time, then comes back with two, two, then one this year. Uh, just been tremendous. Leads the league. He's an active player. Leads the league in uh, – well, he's in the, he leads the league for active players in interceptions. And it's hovering around past deflections as well. Jonathan Joseph has meant a lot and has been Mr. Consistent for the most part and available for the most part for Houston uh, during the 2010s. Number three. I mean, I mentioned Vontae Leach and how important he was for this running offense and really helped establish the identity of the Houston Texans that we seem can we, we can't seem to even shake today. But Without Arian Foster, who was just coming in at my number three, where would this team would have been early on in the 2010s? In his very first year, 2010, where they really made him the solidified running back, 13 games started out of 16 played. He has 1,600 yards and 16 touchdowns. Goes back the next year, 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns. Then the next year, 1,400 yards, 15 touchdowns, all while averaging Five five yards per carry the first year, four and a half the next four, and then, you know, 
without those injuries, the lingering injuries that he suffered towards the end of his career, and we know he went off to Miami in 2016. Arian Foster combined with Vontae Leach, and both of those guys were pro bowlers. Both of those guys were voted all pros at their position. Without those two guys, the identity that the Texans created that is still the blueprint for this team, even though it can be frustrating, would not exist. Number two, I cannot – I mean, I have to say this guy, Andre Johnson. The, the greatest leader, the, the greatest, greatest. The, the franchise leader in receiving yards and touchdowns, everything that this man had to go through without a quarterback and Sunday after Sunday or Monday or Thursday or even in Saturdays, it doesn't matter. He just always, always gave it his all. He's definitely number two. And the only reason why he's not number one is because we didn't get a chance to really see that fight last longer between him and uh, Corden Finnegan. But also, Justin James Watt, <laughs> the three-time defensive player of the year, the $32 million raise man, everything that he's done for this city, the culture, the franchise. He got hurt in week eight. Up until three to four weeks ago, if that, he was still top three in quarterback pressures or hits or something like that. The way he came in and just was great, at everything after being booed while he was drafted because we didn't want him. A lot of people didn't even know who J.J. Watt was. But since he's came to his franch- this franchise, two 20-sack seasons, three defensive player of the years, you can't speak much, you can't speak nothing negative about this guy. You cannot speak negative about this man. He is a top five player of this decade, hands down. He was, I believe, a two-time voted number one uh, NFL players, the top 100 players in the league, I believe he was voted number one twice because he's just dominant. There was no answers for him. Triple teams, doesn't matter. Double teams, we know that's not a problem. And please, by all means, don't try to single team me and try to chip block me. It's not going to happen. J.J. White is my number one. That's your team, and that's a good list, you know. And this is why I kind of didn't want to do this because I had all five of those guys on my list. So I took it a step further. We're going to call that the A the A team, the A all-decade team. I got the B all-decade team. You ready for this? Let's hear it. AJ Boye, talking about one of the best cornerbacks in the Texans franchise history. During the mid to late 2010s, the Texans by far had one of the best defensive teams in the league. And you mentioned J.J. Watt, but I'm going to mention his, his partner in crime, Jadavion Clowney. The guy that we just got rid of this past offseason, I still miss him. I don't care what nobody has to say. Moving on to the running back position, Lamar Miller, a guy that you actually had the opportunity to speak to. And if it wasn't for a preseason injury, he would be in the midst of this Houston Texans playoff run on Saturday. But unfortunately, it seems like his career in Houston is done, but we're not going to forget the good years that he provided to Houston Texans. At number two on my list, I know it's only been three years. Technically, it's only been two. But you got to show some love to Deshaun Watson. You have to. Can you imagine where this team would be if it wasn't for Deshaun Watson? Because if they didn't draft Deshaun Watson, there's a pop. with Brock Osweiler or Brian (laughs) Hoyer or maybe some other bridging quarterback that the fan base would be terribly upset about. You know, they'll still be angry. And, of course, number one for my B B team, DeAndre Hopkins. 
one of the greatest receivers in the NFL today. So that that that's my list. Honorable mention. Brock Osweiler. Get I give Brock Osweiler honorable mention because if he wasn't so bad, we would not have Deshaun Watson. Sometimes you have to suffer in order for things to be great. You know what? My honorable mention, seriously, would I'm sorry, and this is so disrespectful. I didn't even mention him, and I, you can maybe flip him out with Vontae Leach, what he did with that defense. Uh, outside of the the PED use, Brian Cushion really meant a lot to this Texas defense, especially when they were at the height of where they were when it was top three in the league or top five or maybe the number one defense in the league for a year. He really meant a lot. I think he gets, you know, lost in the shuffle because of the the, the PD use and the suspensions, and I understand it, but shout out to Brian Cushion. And they're going to kill me for this. They're going to kill us for this. I do need to – I'm going to go back, and I will go back and switch out Vontae Leach. He will become my honorable mention. He will stay in the honorable mention or the, the C team. How about that? Dwayne Brown is back. I'm so sorry, Dwayne Brown. I'm mm. so sorry to the fans of Houston. Now, please forgive me. Dwayne Brown is definitely in the top five. I don't know what – what. how could that slip over my head? I apologize. Don't attack me, but I am John, some sports guy. Follow me on Twitter at some sports guy with two Ys. At the end, I interact, I have fun. You follow, I follow back. And if I haven't followed back after 24 hours, just shoot me a threatening DM and I'll go back and follow you. Uh, but I'm so sorry, Dwayne Brown. You're definitely one of the top five players of this decade, uh, with along with DeAndre, J.J. Watt, and those other boys, Aaron Foster. I apologize. And as always, I don't care how mad you guys are. Like I said earlier, you have to suffer in order for things to be great. And if you got a problem with it, you can send me a threatening DM like you have throughout the season. Follow me on Twitter, Cody Davis. That's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Word from the wise. Once again, sometimes you have to go through a storm in order for the sunshine to shine. If you don't get that analogy, Brock Oswaller is the storm. Deshaun Watson is the sunshine. Peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.